This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of the Africa Climate Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Mbogwa. Last week, we heard about how our community is sharing water with wild animals through conserving a natural spring and how this is helping reduce human-wildlife conflict. Today, the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics records that between January to September 2019, Kenya registered about 160,000 motorcycles and nearly 6,000 three-wheelers. The worrying thing is the fact that these motorcycles, highly increasing in demand, thanks to a growing young population in search of employment, they produce more carbon dioxide emissions than cars. According to David Rubia, an air quality and mobility program officer at the UN Environment, one motorcycle can have 30 to 40 times more hydrocarbon emissions than an average car. Now, how is this? An average motorcycle today still has a carburetor, as opposed to an electronic fuel injection found on an average car. Now, this affects how a car consumes fuel and hence the amount of emissions it is responsible for. If you've ever been to Nairobi City in Kenya, some of the city roads are known for traffic snarl-up. People spend many hours sitting in traffic. And this just don't only happen in Nairobi, it's happening in many, many African cities as they develop. Now, Strathmore Energy Research Center, located at Strathmore University in Nairobi, is producing a solar-powered three-wheeler bicycles to help decongest the city and reduce emissions while providing power to those who are using it. So the thing is, uh, this bicycle is powered by four solar batteries, okay? So the plan is, if you're using this solar bicycle during the day to run your errands, for example, if you're a mamamboga or you deliver goods from one place to another, you use this solar bicycle, powered bicycle, every the whole day. Then in the evening when you go home, these batteries, you can use them at home to power your home, okay? So I met up with Ignatius Maranga, who is a renewable energy engineer and researcher at the Strathmore Energy Research Center, and asked him why is solar e-cycle? So solar e-cycle is an idea that came up by a Canadian guy called Roger Christen in Morocco, but later... We saw it fit to have it in Kenya because we have very many issues in the country here, um, like the number of hours women spend fetching water and firewood. Um, also, the electrification, like the number of people connected to electricity is very low. And the number of people upcountry who um, actually need vehicles or transport, cheap transport systems. So that's why we, we came up with the project here. And what inspired the solar cycle technology? So basically, solar cycle is powered by a 300-watt solar panel. So the solar panel charges batteries, and these batteries power motors that move the vehicle. So why we chose this is people in the villages do not have to use fuel and refuel the vehicle every time. Then this is clean energy, and the sun is available. It's throughout um, the tropics uh, in Africa throughout the year. So it's an easy and cheap method to solve these problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many batteries does it have? Uh, there are four 12-volt batteries, so it's a 48-volt system. Uh, and most electric vehicles in the world operate on 48 volts. So this is something that can be implemented and can use 
when we get to a point where we want to improve the vehicle, we can use um, the electric vehicle technology that's actually being employed in the electric vehicles. The only thing you need to do is um, to have your vehicle uh, in an area with the sun and it will move because the batteries will start being charged automatically. There's no switch uh, to switch on uh, the charging and uh, not switch on the charging. I don't necessarily have to pedal. No, you only pedal when the batteries are off and there's no sunlight. Okay. Yeah, like there's no sun to charge the batteries and the batteries, you used all the charge in the batteries, so that's when you'll probably have to hit pedal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that means I don't necessarily have to know how to know to ride a bike? No. Okay. Yeah. And and so if I want to use that battery later on when I go home, can I do that? Yeah, actually there were two main um, problems we wanted to solve. One was um, mobility, the other was power generation. So the model is um, people in the village will use the vehicle during the day to do their business and during the night they will use it to power their homes. Yeah, so it's a win-win, use it during the day and during the night. And uh, the business model is the car costs a uh, thousand US dollars, but now we, we have it on a pay-as-you-go model where the villagers will pay two US dollars every day for about three years. So we plan on starting small, um, first get a village, put up 10, uh, then see how the 10 vehicles uh, are working, uh, ask villagers for feedback, improve it, you know. Then after they are very satisfied with it, we improve to other 20, you know, get feedback from more. So we want to go gradually, slow by slow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are the challenges you expect? Um, you know, it's a new thing and uh, people basically fear change and so getting guys to accept the change is something i'm actually expecting yeah and trying to convince them to move mm -hmm. this way because there are very many uh, motorbikes uh, called border borders in the village so trying to make them move from border border to this is going to be a challenging issue yeah, yeah. Okay. the transport sector accounts for at least 22 percent of all global related carbon dioxide emissions this is according to the international council on clean transportation now, when it comes to Africa, it accounts for about 40% of these emissions. Now, Jeffrey Rono is a researcher at Strathmore University and one of the directors at Solar eCycle. And he tells us why this solar-powered motorcycle is an important tool for everyone to have. You see, Solar eCycle is very interesting because it brings together mobility and, uh, and renewable energy together. And with that, it's a very powerful tool because then... You see what happens now is people put on put put solar panels on their roofs to power their homes, but it doesn't address their transport needs. So, as much as like the government is that is is electrifying homes in rural areas, but those homes still the the households and the occupants need to move from their homes to the market, but that hasn't been addressed, and they still be we're using imported fossil fuel to meet that gap or or human people walk or use donkeys. So that they still like up there and it needs to be addressed. You know, if you if you are seeking to be a modern country. Uh, so it it's 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 a different way of thinking and it, I think it's a way of the future, you know, that yeah, imagine that this vehicle can during the day you can use it as a means of transport. In the evening you come back, you plug it in and it powers your home. It's an empowerment tool. We've got two kinds of um, target markets. So one I would say is the urban. So think of golf courses airports, uh, campuses like this one. Um, so where people need to move from point A to point B, you know, uh, they can use this this vehicle, either under a pay-per-use model or or, um, uh, or or an entrepreneur has, has acquired it and is, is renting it out for, for people. So 
we're actually thinking of more like an, an Uber system, so an, an app ailing system. So that's the first market. Second market now is on rural areas. Uh, so actually being applied in off the main road. Of course, affordability is a big issue. Can they afford it? Uh, $1,000 is a lot of um, a lot of money. Uh, and uh, here, definitely, we see a big role in terms of grants or government support to avail this vehicle to, to those households there. But we also think of business models where because we don't want to own those vehicles which are being operated by home. So third party is buying from us and availing to villages, villages out, outside in the villages. So so in terms of development, where we are now, we are still, I would say, in the pilot phase. We're not yet fully commercial. Um, so what we are starting now, with, we are starting with a model for commercial use and one more for human transportation needs with some with some small, small luggage. So there are two models we have now, um, and those are the ones we want to pilot with. Definitely there is uh, room uh, to develop other models as the market demands. Uh, when do you expect to start mass production? I would say in in the next six months. The next six months. In the next six months. What we are doing now, so we are, we are uh, working hard to have this deployed in an urban area, so at city in Nairobi and in rural areas, and then we can observe them and uh, take measurements and observe how they perform. And in terms of the battery capacity, what is the lowest and the highest? So in terms of our sizing of the battery and our thinking, we are um, sizing in, with the thinking that we would like that if this vehicle uh, is fully charged, you can drive it for 50 kilometers without a problem. Okay, so they are they are sized in a manner that at full capacity, at full load, uh, fully loaded, you can go for 50 kilometers without uh, any problems. Beyond that, you may just have to cycle home. If, if the if the sun is radiation is low that on that day, then you may have to cycle home because it's got pedals in it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's the rate we're looking at. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. In terms of challenges we are we are having or facing, uh, one is really a policy and classification. What is this? What is is it a vehicle? Is it a bicycle? What is it? You know. So it's not it's not there in the traffic act. It's not classified. Mm. So that's one of the issues we are we are facing in terms of also insurance. So if you go and get insurance for this, so the insurance guys, how will they classify this thing? Uh, secondly, also, I think permission to operate on the roads. The maximum speed in country is 50 kph. It's so, yes, mm-hmm. uh, just for safety purposes, because as you can see, um, safety is a key concern. So we are limiting the speed to 50. And uh, so it can also cause traffic uh, snarl-ups because it's, it can be slow. So also, maybe there, there would be some designated areas you can operate in, in a city. Uh, rural area, I don't see a major of a challenge, but in an urban area, uh, it needs to be. We need to work together with the county governments to to see uh, where this can be placed without uh, causing any disturbance. And also, issues of tax and tax exemption. So, uh, when we were importing these components, uh, we only got exempted from the, from the modules and the batteries. What is typically solar components, but the motors and everything else, the frames, we had to pay duties on them. You know, uh, and you know what the government is now uh, trying to classify electric vehicles. As, as tax-free or duty, duty exempted from duty, but it's still not yet there. So we also would like uh, that addressed. Um, in terms of local manufacturing, uh, uh, I think the costs are still very high. You know, um, the, uh, the, we, we we don't yet have we don't have our own workshop, so we are working with third parties whom we could subcontract. The cost is still uh, facing a very high cost there in terms of fabrication of this of this vehicle. Yeah. And in terms of like maintaining it, like if, if let's say for example someone I buy it and mm. I'm somewhere in Kakamega, how mm. will they may be maintained? Yeah, so it's a major, it's a major, con- it's a major concern we have because uh, we must definitely must anticipate problems, okay. and uh, so we we see a major cost in terms of having 
uh, people to maintain this is mm-hmm. actually is a cost consideration uh, because you must you must also find someone who's good in, with, with electrics and like electronics so the problem with the panel or the batteries or the connections or these connections someone must be able to pick it out or is a mechanical problem with the wheels or at least the, the bicycle side of things because so many bicycle uh, uh, technicians in villages yeah, can, yeah. Can, yes so all the, all the yeah. wheels and all yeah. those all, mm. all the parts but mostly on the on the side of uh, Well, the, the, the electrical side of things and the motors as well we 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 think we need um it to be addressed here yeah. okay in terms you but you pro- everything is produced here is it other things that are produced outside and you're shipping them yeah so our concept for this product was always uh that you can actually um most most parts are off the shelf so the major components are the panels the batteries the charge controller or the electronic uh the wheels and the frame so those are really the major components and Most of the components we import them, except the frame we locally fabricate, but the, the modules and all these things we import them because uh, there isn't, there just isn't a local uh, market here. So we import and fabricate here. Yeah. All right, and yeah. that's making things uh, difficult. Yes. And, and, or maybe yeah. like no, that's what makes the bike a little bit more expensive. Yes, yes, we can achieve about a 10% saving if we are able to knock off those uh, government duties and and levies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As use of solar energy takes shape in Africa there is a danger of pollution out of the renewable energy for example these bicycles they are powered by solar and they have batteries so basically when the life shelf ends what happens to this battery Anwar Shera who is the quality control manager at the Strathmore Energy Research Center tells us how the center will be safeguarding polluting of the environment with more batteries So one of the um, things that a lot of researchers around the world are looking at is how to recycle batteries in a more environmentally friendly way. For example, lead acid batteries, um, it's very easy to recycle the lead components, but then the acid component needs to be disposed um, in a better way. And these are things that are being done. Um, uh, lithium ion batteries, the same thing. And one of the things that for us, for this project, we'll be very interested in is in the ecological impact of the batteries which will come off of this project after they've been used and um we're still considering buyback solutions in terms of uh, the batteries themselves that's to say that um you will not fully own the battery so to say you will be able to return it and then get a new battery um once it's full but those are those are some of the models that we're looking at in 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 terms of these bicycles but um the most important thing for us is that we will figure out who are the people who are in the e-waste sector in Kenya so that we're able to identify people who will help us with the e-waste that will come off of these batteries so we're not just talking even about the um uh, the the batteries only we're talking about even the solar panels because it's very important for us to figure out what happens at the end of life it's not fair for us to expect the people in rural areas to actually handle this problem by themselves because most of this will end up in pit latrines if you leave it there and that means that it will seep into the water that we're drinking because um at the end lead is very poisonous based on you know um years of research so due to the poison level due to the effects that lead can have would really like to avoid leaving this in the hands of communities okay and and the battery and the solar pvc what's the life shelf yeah so batteries um uh, should live for approximately 7 to 9 years and then um uh, solar panels should live to about 25 years okay. yeah um even though that is an approximation on that is done on uh, you know a stationary solar panel 
and a stationary um, battery. battery. And there's a lot of factors which will probably change when it stops being stationary. And that's one of the things that we'd like to look at. Yeah, and the thing I like about this is that the solar panels here are flexible solar panels, which means that they don't crack easily. And that means that they will last longer, actually. So the only thing that would be of concern, like I said, is mainly the batteries. But um, for that, we're trying to find all um, avenues to try and solve um, the issue. Okay. What do you say the, the flexible, do you mean? So flexible solar panels were kind of developed so that people are able to fold them up and walk away with them. So literally that solar panel, you can be able to like roll it up and go with it somewhere even in a desert and 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 be used and use it it also has less weight because it's on the roof you need the solar panel to be as light as possible and that is what the flexible solar panel um does so this for us um we, we use the flexible solar panel for multiple reasons but mainly it was the weight issue and also um i would say the ability to operate in you know had that okay uh, what are the main things that the users need to consider what how do you maintain them yeah so cleaning of the solar panel that is of utmost importance and for us i think one thing that we'll make sure we do is that we'll train users on how to use their um, bicycles because one of the things that they need to understand is they need to clean the solar panels they need to clean the battery terminals so battery terminals, especially for uh, lead acid batteries, will, um, will, will, will grow some residue, which you need to clean off. And a lot of times when you leave this work to rural communities, people use all sorts of things, including acid, to clean the terminals, which is very dangerous. So what we hope to do is to be able to train communities on each and every part of the bicycle. And what not to do, I know sometimes Things like bicycles, if you've seen the way people use bicycles, they load them with literally everything. And for this one, if you load it, if you overload it, one of the things that we'll be looking at is what happens if you overload it. But from our experience, what happens when you overload it is that it um, consumes more power, which means it makes it, um, it makes the batteries kind of um, fail faster. Mm. That was Strathmore University in Nairobi working to reduce mobility emissions through solar-powered three-wheeler bicycles. Join me again next week as we explore local solutions to the climate issues we face daily. Remember, this podcast is available on all podcast channels that you access your other podcast from. And alternatively, you can just listen to it on my website, africaclimateconversations.com. Also, please follow us on Twitter instagram and do not forget to like our facebook page we're on socials as africa climate conversations please remember to subscribe and share you never know this information might be very very useful to someone on your timeline until next week kwaheri do have yourself a productive and safe week ahead Ina Indeshwa na Afribods.